sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in the World Series. Here's the 0-1. This is going to be a tough play. Play it. The Cubs win the World Series. You are locked on Cubs. Your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. But we didn't come here to drink beer. We came here to win this ball game. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I said to the Uber boy, I said, take me out with the crowd. What's going on, Cubs fans? You're listening to Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Sean Sears, and on today's episode, we bring on Ryan Davis uh, to break down these last two Cubs games against Milwaukee as the Cubs had an impressive Tuesday night come from behind win with a Wilson Contreras two-run shot in the bottom of the eighth, or excuse me, top of the eighth to give them a 3-2 lead, and Kimbrell came in to close it out. It felt like a big momentum builder for a Cubs team that had really been scuffling offensively, was struggling on the pitching side, saw Kyle Hendricks get scratched from this game, potentially due to COVID after three other players and their first base coach were dealing with COVID. It was a big, emotional, momentous win. At least that's what it felt like until the Cubs came into this uh, Wednesday afternoon game and just laid a big goose egg on the scoreboard. A 7-0 loss to the Brewers. They fall now to 5-7. and seven. Uh, ugh, This is not the way we wanted the Cubs to start out the season, especially against two teams like the Brewers and Pirates. Um, the schedule only gets harder, so we brought Ryan on to kind of get a feel of where he thinks this team is, because despite how bad this Cubs team has played, they don't feel like a team that's just two games under 500. So there's some things I guess you can look at and say maybe things could get better, but there's no data you can really extrapolate at this point and point to to say that the Cubs are showing signs of maybe turning this around. They're not. And we kind of talk about what needs to happen for things to turn around. And if they do turn around offensively like we expect them to, what happens then next with the pitching? Because I don't think it gets much better than what we're seeing right now. This is probably about the peak performance we're going to see from their starting rotation. Outside of Kyle Hendricks coming back and and being Kyle Hendricks, this, this is probably what your expectations are. Zach Davies is going to bounce back. Trevor Williams won't be as poor as uh, won't, won't have his poor outings as he did against the Pirates a couple days ago. Um, but it's not going to get significantly better from there. So how do the Cubs fix this? How do the Cubs find a way to be competitive? They have to start scoring runs, and four hits against Corbin Burns is not going to do it. But here is that interview with Ryan Davis. What's going on, guys? Sean Sears here from Lockdown Cubs, here to talk to you guys about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar, of course, one of the best-tasting protein bars out there, but they've got six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, to go along with some of my favorites, which are the double chocolate, mint brownie, I like peanut butter, the raspberry chocolate one are great. I'm a big chocoholic. I love chocolate. That's what makes these bars so great. Each one is 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft, easy to chew. They don't have big, chalky, chunky pieces of like oat and whatnot. It's just a bar. It's soft. It tastes good. And it's great for the health conscious guy. I know my myself, I feel bad when I go in the morning and grab a donut or go and get, you know, coffee cake from somewhere. I feel bad about eating it. I feel bad later on because I'm not getting much energy. It kind of just, you know, you get that 2, 3 p.m. crash. Not with Bilt Bar. Take, for instance, the peanut butter bar. 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugars, 5 grams of net carbs. That is 
a bar that tastes good and can be good for you. But right now, Built Bar has a special promo right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get yourself 15% off your next order when you go to BuiltBar.com. And right now, Built Bar is also including a free cooler with purchase. That is while supplies last. Make sure you head to BuiltBar.com as quickly as you can. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get yourself 15% off at BuiltBar.com, the best tasting protein bars you will ever have. All right, Cubs fans, welcome to another episode of Locked on Cubs. I am your host, Sean Sears. I'm joined today with our co-host, Ryan Davis. Before we get started, Ryan, how are you doing, man? We haven't uh, jumped on a podcast in a little bit. I'm doing well, other than having been subjected to this Cubs terribleness. Yeah, this team has not been fun, like in the slightest. Uh, And it's not even just because they're like losing games. It's just that there's no encouraging aspect uh, to their play right now, really. Um, I know the Cubs, we're recording this just after the Cubs wrapped up their uh, their Wednesday game against the Brewers. They just got blank 7-0. Um, this game was tough to swallow, especially after yesterday's game was so encouraging. Um, you know, Cubs come back in dramatic fashion after a Wilson Contreras two-run shot after Brett Suter, who is a guy you think the Cubs should hit, but don't. Um, they finally do get that two-run home run. A big momentum lifter for a guy in Contreras who had been not necessarily scuffling, but dealing with a lot of uh, <laughs> emotions, I guess you could say, getting plunked seven times this year. I think it's ten times uh, in his last how many ever games against the Brewers. But Contreras let out some frustration. The Cubs were able to pull out a win, and it felt like this could have been maybe a building block to the Cubs maybe getting back on this homestand. They've got nine games at Wrigley coming up here. That's great. Um, but instead they put up a, a as we said before, I, I called it maybe the worst game of the season, and Ryan uh, correctly pointed out there are quite a few can- candidates for that role right now. But um, Ryan, where are you sitting right now with this Cubs team? Uncomfortably. <laughs> I guess that's the best answer. It is it is uncomfortable watching this team because you know any kind of prolonged bad start to the season and you're probably trading Chris Bryant and Craig Kimbrell as soon as you can. So that's an uncomfortable position to be in because, you know, they're five and seven. And another thing we discussed as we were preparing for the show, amazingly five and seven. Uh, They've played poorly enough that it's kind of a miracle they've won five games. And uh, yesterday's game is a really good example. The one that, you know, Wilson Contreras hits the home run off Brent Suter, a guy who doesn't throw particularly hard or have great stuff, but, you know, who historically has been very good as a reliever. I know people think of him as a starter, and I know he got injured, and that was part of why he moved to the bullpen. But, you know, just breaking it down, ERA, 408 as a starter, 228 as a reliever in 75 innings and his strikeout rate is up quite a bit um his walks plus hits per inning pitched uh lower as a reliever so he's been fairly effective as a reliever out of the bullpen for the the brewers over the last couple of years so it was really good to see that deceptive left-handed craftiness um get solved by at least one of the cubs hitters and Contreras. i mean it, David Ross talked about how they're too homer reliant, and that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they would just get guys on base in front of the home runs, it wouldn't matter. Uh, that would right. be. And again, today, shut out. Uh, they only had a couple hits. Corbin Burns is really good. Anybody who watched that game knows uh, and can see he's really good. But a few of the interesting things that came up during the course of the game, they pointed out uh, that the Cubs were on, I think it was over 95 miles an hour velocity batters were 
last in the league in batting average last year and last in the league in batting average again this year. The, the book is out. The Cubs can't hit velocity, and that's you know up and down the lineup. So, right. Yeah, that's that's where we are with this team is we don't we don't really know you you can't look at it and just assume they're going to keep being this bad the analogy when we were preparing for the show <laughs> that i used that i wanted to bring back was it'd be like if if you were a bulls fan and the bulls went out and like missed every single shot on a given night and then did it again <laughs> the next night would you assume they'd do it a third time in a row you think no this has to turn around this is this is an absurd level and and that's an exaggerated example but with where the Cubs are offensively through the first, what, 10 or 11, 12 games, it's historically bad to open a season. I don't think anyone's ever seen something like this before from one team. No, we we were, we were talking on the show yesterday and saying that I think this is the worst, uh, the the Cubs got off to the worst 10 stretch uh, games, or geez, if I could talk, Cubs got off to the worst 10 game stretch since 1901. And that's not just like a 10 game stretch to open the season. That's just like any 10 game stretch of (laughs) moment for a season. The Cubs have never like no one has been as poorly as the Cubs have been at offense in about 100 plus years. Um, So, I mean, that's that probably doesn't mean a whole lot. 10 games isn't a season. I mean, 10 games last year meant everything compared to what it does this year. Um, But you look at the contact rates like the Cubs are hitting below 70 or making 70 less than 70 percent contact in the zone outside the zone across the board. That's awful. That's some of the worst stats Fangraphs has ever put up. I don't think there's a team that's ever finished below 70 percent in the 20 years that Fangraphs has been collecting data. That's terribly like just awful the Cubs walk rate at least was one of the bigger reasons they were able to still kind of score some runs they were walking about 13 percent at one point just a few games ago they're now below 10 the strikeout rate is still kind of climbing it's near 30 percent like these Cubs are missing at every chance they have to drive balls and it's all over the place and it's almost always fastballs Um, and what that means for teams is you can go ahead now and attack this team because they're not hitting the fastball get ahead of them in counts and then you really start to take advantage of guys like Javier Baez and even Chris Bryant this year who have really just swung and missed at a lot of pitches and those are arguably your two best offensive players at the moment Wilson Contreras too I guess to some extent but um, it just makes it a lot easier for for teams obviously if you're not going to hit the fastball you're going to fall behind in counts and if you're falling behind in counts you're not going to see a lot of strikes and when you do see strikes you're probably not going to get very hittable strikes. So the Cubs are really just putting themselves in this terrible hole. And like you said at the top of the show, the Cubs have to get off to a good start. They have to get better. Otherwise, this team doesn't look anything close to what they look like in two, three months. And if Chris Bryant continues to hit, well, hey, there you go. They traded you Darvish for three prospects and uh, Zach Davies, uh, or four prospects and Zach Davies. What do you think they'll trade for Chris, you know, trade Chris Bryant at the deadline for? So I... I um it's hard to find optimism with this team right now but like you said they're still somehow 5 and 7. How is that happening? We don't really know. And and will it continue is the other question. Uh they've got a really tough stretch coming up soon. I think I saw from a tweet from Michael Beller uh who I think is associated with SI and the Athletic. He was mm-hmm. saying uh over the next 19 games they face like the Dodgers, Braves, Reds, Brewers and somebody else uh, Mets and I think Mets yeah uh, mm-hmm. that's that's not good <laughs> you're uh no <laughs> you're not you're not winning a ton of games in there unless you're playing well so they really need to get to a point where they're playing well now I think we can all agree that eventually 
this weirdness will end. And I'm not saying it's going to swing hard the other way and they're going to have a 12-game stretch where they average seven runs a game. I don't think that's going to be in the cards with this team. But there has to be some sort of, you know, it's bad plus bad luck. I mean, the the batting average on balls, <laughs> yeah. Even even on even times when you see them make good contact, uh, guys are making sliding catches in the outfield, and you know, <laughs> hard line drives where you know outfielder just happens to be right there. I mean, that that kind of stuff you would hope would swing the other way at some point, and then they might start winning games by virtue of finding a way to get five runs on occasion, but. You know that it's really going to have to turn around, and they're going to have to start figuring something out. And I don't. How do you do it? You know, I don't know. That's that's the problem. Is you can't just start benching guys and putting new guys in there because it's everybody. It's not like three guys in your lineup who are killing you when everyone else is performing. I think Bryant is performing at a reasonable rate, and I think maybe mm-hmm. like you know a couple other guys have performed okay at times, but the overall numbers aren't there. And, you know, how, you can't replace six or seven guys in a lineup. You you can't do it. I mean, you can call up Ildemargo Vargas and see if maybe he can be better than Sogard and Bodie um, at second base. And you could call up Nico Horner when you decide you're finally going to admit whether he's ready or not for the big leagues. <laughs> you can call him up and see if maybe he can do something different. But outside of that, there's no position prospects on the way. Right. And the guys that they're that are close, we saw at spring training and, I, you know, Brennan Davis looked cool, but I, I don't think he's ready to be in the majors at this point. No. He, he definitely needs more seasoning. Like I mean, he, he can't be worse, their... but still. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you could you could probably find worse. But yeah, no, I mean, he's he's clearly not quite there yet. Um, Miguel Amaya, if they thought he was ready, Austin Romine wouldn't be on this team or Tori Walters, for that matter. Like these guys aren't here yet. You can't plug and play and find a prospect that has upside to really fix this issue. And uh, like he said, too, like you can't just find like you can't replace six or seven guys in a lineup all of a sudden. It's not it's not going to work. So you have to write it out. You have to help these guys eventually fight through. And I, you, like you said, there's no way like they are so bad. And, and the luck is is very poor, too, as well. Like something's going to change. They'll find maybe they'll have a couple balls that drop in that haven't so far. You know, I, like I think Rizzo had a ball that I think had an expected like hit percentage of like over 70 percent that he scorched that, you know, because of the shift was a line out to a second baseman playing deep right field. That stuff sucks and, you know, is why the shift should be, I don't know if you should ban it, but adjust it, but a different conversation we can have. Um, but the, th- those things will, those hits will eventually start to come down. If they're going to start hitting the ball like that on a consistent basis, it just hasn't come. Um, there's just no way they can continue to hit this poorly. Um, but I am a little concerned with their pitching. I, I, I think the offense will bounce back and I, I think that'll be good, but the Cubs probably, I mean, if things are working correctly, if, if things were running the way that the Cubs needed to at the moment and this was the pitching performance they were getting maybe a little bit better, like the Cubs would still need to score like five, six runs a game probably to feel comfortable about handing a game to their bullpen, who's been okay. But um, you need this offense to figure things out. But on the flip side, like Edward Alzali just got sent down. Uh, they just tried Shelby Miller today, and that did not go well. He didn't retire a single pitcher or a batter he's faced. I think he walked three, uh, gave up two hits loaded the bases up for the most part and you know ended up giving up four earned runs in his, his <laughs> zero innings yeah, pitch technically it, inf- um, <laughs> infinite era yeah so that's uh bad 
um, is, is the only way I can put that. But that's that was the next guy up. So if that's your next guy up, you wonder like, okay, so Alzali was pitching okay, not great. It, he had some moments, but I wanted to – like he the, he had six, seven strikeouts in that game, even though like the Cubs – like the Cubs give him a couple runs. Like that's a much – better like that wasn't a terrible outing I don't know I'm assuming that was probably they made that move so they could bring other pitchers to you know because Alzali just pitched or whatnot he has options available I get why they're doing it but um you know I'm, I'm concerned about the pitching more so than I am the offense right now the offense is terrible but they can't continue to be this poor this bad I guess the pitching has been okay but if this is the peak ugh, this is not good Hey, Locked On fans, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, real updates on odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use the mobile app device to sign up today and receive 50% off on a welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKDOWN. Yeah, that's the thing is um, I expect the offense to rebound to some degree because they can't continue at this pace. But the pitching, I think, probably is what you're seeing for the most part. Uh, now, I think Alzali was really good through, you know, the first five innings yesterday and, you know, maybe it just got pushed uh, or whatever day it was that he pitched. Maybe he just got pushed a little too far. Um, it felt like he was going really well and then it just kind of unraveled. Um, he got sent down, but that was more of a, you know, what we've talked about before the season, the fact that he had an option for this year. Um, many could be sent right. down at any time. So you knew it was going to happen. It's mostly related to the, not really to his performance. It's the, you know, the fact that they have some off days coming up and they needed a fresh arm in the bullpen. Um, I saw right before we started that the plan is that uh, he'll pitch, I think, uh, Saturday uh, at the alternate site to keep him on track to come back next week when the Cubs need a fifth okay. starter again. So so he'll be back when they need him. Uh, but, you know, Trevor Williams obviously got destroyed by the Pirates. Uh, Zach yeah. Davies, who we've talked a lot about, uh, who I'm a huge fan of, uh, had that inning against uh, – was that also against the Pirates where he got seven runs in the second yeah. inning? I mean, it, it, that's bad. Again, performances – I don't think you're going to see Zach Davies finish the season with an 11.05 ERA. And and I'll and I'll go no. out on a limb and say that Williams and Alzali are going to be better than the ERA in the six six range. I think they're going to be better than that. <laughs> um, I I've liked what I've seen out of Craig Kimbrell, but again, if the Cubs keep losing, he'll probably get traded. And the worst part about it is that this isn't like okay, well, we suck this year, so let's trade him. We'll get our Glaber Torres from somebody because it, otherwise, comparatively, it's very similar trading. Kimbrell in his walk year pitching the way he is versus Chapman the way he was pitching in his walk year with the Cubs in 2016 but it does it doesn't work right. that way anymore the these guys don't Mm-mm. the people have wised up and they you know the Cubs are really the last the last breed of uh team that is willing to give up a major prospect in in the course of chasing a championship um they did it for uh, Chapman and it worked and they gave, they did it again the next year with Jose Quintana and it didn't and I think teams just don't do that anymore so even when the trade deadline comes around if if 
Kimbrel's healthy and pitching like this, he's going to get you something good, but it's not going to be like that. You're you're not you know building around the next mm-hmm. the guy you get out of Craig Kimbrel or Chris Bryant, unfortunately. Right, you, you're not going to, and I mean, this is just the, the the way the market is right now, too, and the way baseballs. I mean, they're, they're, across the board, people or teams aren't spending. The few teams that did saw an opportunity and you know are trying to take advantage of that. But then you look at a team like the White Sox, who are just dealing with a ton of injuries on top of some poor performances, and you know, it it <laughs> it probably makes those other teams that didn't spend money this year feel like, oh, okay, cool, that that makes me feel better. And it's like, shut up, all right. Um, <laughs> no, no one needs your opinion here, but um, yeah, it's. It's a frustrating, frustrating time here on the north side to watch all these performances. But like you said, th- these guys are going to bounce back. They're, they're, there's going to be better performances here. The question just is now, like, is it enough to correct what's already gone wrong? Um, obviously, there's time to get back in the standings. But, you know, do you see, you know, I, I don't know. Like, do, do, you, <laughs> do you really feel super comfortable with a rotation nucleus of, of, of Williams and Alzali and, and whoever else is going to fill in behind him? Maybe Mills. Alec Mills has pitched really well. I've been really impressed with him. Um, and I love that he's just super open to being that versatile type of guy. I was nervous about him being kind of in that role. But then when I watched him close that game and then come in later on and do all this, I was like, okay, Alec Mills is like a Swiss army knife out of that bullpen. And I like that. So that that's been great to see, but um, the good news for the Cubs, at least like we were kind of talking about this and who knows if it really makes a massive difference, but going through last season and then obviously the first four series of the year for the Cubs have been all against the NL central, the Cubs essentially only faced the NL central and then the AL central last year before seeing the Marlins in that two game, uh, awful playoff series. But the, Cubs are going to get a chance to face some teams that aren't in their division and maybe they haven't seen in over a year and a half, kind of Um, maybe better results are on the way for teams that don't quite literally see these teams, you know, 19 times. Um, So maybe there's advantages there. Maybe, And we could be grasping at straws with this, but you know, off the top of my head, I don't remember the last time they played the Atlanta Braves, but it could be legitimately a year and a half to two years ago at this point. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah, I guess they probably wouldn't be finished with the Braves by the time April was up two years ago. But still, I mean, you you're talking about a team that they haven't faced in a while, and who knows, you know, what what percentage difference that makes versus a team like the Brewers, where you've seen Woodruff and um, Corbin Burns and these guys, you're you know, they're familiar with your batters. They've game planned for you over and over and over, and they're extremely talented. You know, there's a difference between that and then you know maybe Braves pitchers that haven't seen the Cubs before and maybe they don't exactly have how to you know the book built on how to get these guys out so there's at least some sort of hope but I don't know how even even you know it's it's on flimsy standing too because Jack Peterson was in the NL West last year and he's been just as awful as everybody else so I I guess it just (laughs) we're looking for any reason to be hopeful that we can you know kind of write off this uh this first 12 games right it's so weird it's it's historically bad offensively the pitching hasn't exactly been carrying you uh although they there have been good performances individually and when you look at it five and seven is kind of insane because they've had at least a handful of games that could have gone either way so if they had just won one of those games they lost they're six and six and how can you really argue with that you know like uh, it, it's just so strange. Yeah. I mean, I guess you have to grade on a curve because the pirates are in there too, but like, mm-hmm. you know, the, this upcoming schedule, if they don't turn around, if they continue at this pace, 
and maybe go, I don't know, six and 13 in that 19 game stretch. Another 11 and 20, you know, that's a huge, that you're, you're probably committing to selling at that point. So we're, I know it's extremely early, but the writing's on the wall here. And I think we have to be kind of prepared that, you know, maybe if given the course of the season, this Cubs team would figure it out and turn around. But the problem is, I don't think they're going to get the benefit of being given the course of the season. So they, they need to do it yeah, soon. I That's exactly it's it's put up or shut up time very very much so for the cubs right now and to make things even more concerning obviously uh kyle hendricks got scratched from yesterday's game it doesn't sound like they're too concerned about him possibly having covid but with three players and a coach popping up with it on the team um and him having very similar to flu-like symptoms you you take those precautions but um you hope kyle doesn't miss any starts but if hendricks were to were to go out for any extended period of time that would just there i mean the wind did there's already a a hole in the sail like you don't have a sail without kyle hendricks at this point yeah that's kind of the anchor of your pitching staff he's the he's number one at this point so yeah from what i saw online from the beat writers today it sounds like Hendricks was feeling better today and that it all was just precaution but mm-hmm. um yeah that, that's what you hope for it it's uh on the flip side of it you, you have a situation like did you see what uh with uh Francisco Lindor right or, or is that what yeah, was that, that was it Lindor or was it Anderson Simmons I can't remember now I'm looking it up right now because I know what you're talking about but I couldn't remember I just remember Lindor. it was a shortstop <laughs> uh, he declined he declared, yeah, Andrelton Simmons declined the vaccine after testing positive for COVID-19, which like what? Oh, yeah, in the world? so there was a tweet that he put out like maybe a month ago where he was saying that he the basically the tenor of the tw- the tweet was um I'm not going to get the vaccine and that's my choice and no, you know, nobody asked me any questions about it. And I was like, okay. And then and that that was side by side with a tweet from a beat writer today saying that he was put on the COVID list because he tested positive for COVID, and it's like, ugh. Oh. I mean, it, it could be worse. It could we we could be dealing with that on our team, but um, yeah, that any anybody dealing with COVID and going on the COVID list is not not cool, and we we really hope that he and anybody else, especially the Cubs guys, the speedy recovery. But, you know, Tommy Hadovy talks frequently about how bad it was for him. And and I've seen other right. guys who've had, uh, I think it was Eduardo Rodriguez got it with the Red Sox, and he's had mm-hmm. some heart issues. Uh, I have a really close friend who got it and had, she dealt with heart issues, um, some pretty serious stuff in the aftermath. So, you know, it, I think it's, that's the problem is you just really don't want to see this happening where, where guys just aren't taking it seriously anymore because it seemed like the Cubs specifically took it very seriously last year. And this year you just see a lot of waffling about, well, who knows about the vaccine and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it, I don't know. I mean, like you, like you said, the, the after effects of COVID, we really just don't know. And I know people are worried about the side effects from the vaccine and those are legitimate concerns and I understand, but like, you know, this, one of the side effects of COVID is yeah. death. So like, I mean, and what are we doing? Even and, if you don't get, even if you don't get the side effect of death, you could get, you know, heart issues, myocarditis, 
easy for me to say myocarditis i was the same with the side effects from the vaccine you know i i got it and i i was fine i mean it i, I got this the typical stuff that everybody dealt with and it was a very short period of time but there's a few points on it is just because this vaccine was just created recently doesn't mean the technology the mrna it, that's been around for a while and so we do have a better idea about it so right. the, the debate about well you know just learn your sources and and do your research i appreciate the cubs saying that that they should do the research it's just more of a you shouldn't be researching um casey sogard's twitter account you know like that that's not doing your research on on this stuff it's reading the guidance that's out there and what the scientists say so not to go too far off on this but it is creating a problem for the cubs specifically because they've been shuffling guys you know on and off the covid list and having to you know, sit Hendricks because they're, you know, concerned he may have COVID because he's not feeling well. Um, that's that's going to be an even bigger compounding problem. And then when you look at other teams, I think the Cardinals are one of them and, and the White Sox maybe, teams that have, you know, cleared that 85% threshold uh, for teams to loosen the, the, you know, the COVID restrictions. It's kind of frustrating that a team like the Cubs that, you know, should be, you know, focused a on their own health, but b focused on staying on the field and winning games. Um, that they're just kind of waffling back and forth on this topic. Right, and you would think when you you have someone like Sogard's wife, who is not necessarily like a polarizing person in this, but like is clearly, you know, conflicting with some Cubs fans on Twitter and causing waves about like you know a very serious thing. It. it, it I, I get you can't force players to do it, but it more they, they should be doing more than just strongly recommending to look into this and get your research to figure out if this is for you or not. I don't know. They're I I I get it. You can't you can't really force guys to do this, I guess, necessarily, but the the stance should be like, Well, why why aren't you getting it? Not so much you guys figure out if it's for you or right. not. You know, it should be like, Why aren't you? you know, because the, you, you really yeah. should. And who knows what the Cubs are doing behind the scenes too. So I don't want to speak to here's sure. what they should be doing because we don't know what they're doing behind the scenes. But what they're what they're saying publicly has been fairly underwhelming. Right. And that's that's really the issue. Because that's I mean, even if it's not necessarily to the, I mean, I guess you don't want to, you don't want to hang your players out to dry necessarily. If you don't want to put them out there, especially if someone does have a very, I get maybe I don't know how many legitimate reasons there are at this point to not take the vaccine. But if someone did and they don't really want to share that, I mean, that's their personal opinion or personal information, yeah. I guess. And that's you know, I guess it is what it is. But it, it, it really should be looking into getting vaccinated if you haven't yet. So, yeah. but um, I guess before we jump off our before we get off the podcast and jump off our soapbox here, um, is there any other parting shots you had here with the Cubs as we uh, close the book on just a awful road trip? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's no fun to start a season like this. And you'll recall, I think in 2019, they started the, what was like two and seven or something like that, or two and nine. A uh, really terrible start to the season. And then they got like yes. crazy hot and uh, vaulted themselves into first place. And it wasn't till the summer when things started to fall apart. They were pretty much in contention, even though they were mostly kind of a 500 team after that, that hot start or that hot uh, stretch. So um, it, it, things can turn around. I mean, it, I'm sure when they were two and nine or whatever it was in 2019, we weren't expecting them to go on a hot start out or a hot stretch after that. So um, nobody's expecting it now. It could very well happen. And these guys, 
you know, they have a history of, of doing this kind of thing where they all get hot at once for a short period of time and they all slump together for a long period of time and it just goes back <laughs> and forth. So uh, ride the wave and enjoy it while you can, I guess, because I think it's pretty clear now that um, it would take somewhat of a miracle that this team's going to be held together in some similar semblance going forward because, you know, I can't imagine them you know, going through an entire season like this and saying, yeah, we definitely want to spend money to bring back all three of Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, and Chris Bryant. I think best case scenario right now is maybe Rizzo returns or maybe Baez, maybe one of those guys. Um, but yeah, that that's where it is with it. So if you like this core and you want to remember the glory days of winning a World Series in 2016, uh, enjoy it while you have it because it does appear to be pretty inevitable now. All right, Cubs fans, that'll do it here for today's episode of Lockdown Cubs. We appreciate you guys sticking around through this episode and through this week of pretty brutal Cubs baseball. Thanks again to Ryan Davis for coming on the show. You can follow him on Twitter at Ryan Q Davis. You can follow myself on Twitter at Sean R. Sears. Follow the show at Locked on Cubs. Make sure you're following our show on whatever podcast app you use, whether that's Spotify, Apple, Google, Odyssey. Make sure you are following. Leave a five-star review on our show. But that's today's show. We'll be back tomorrow. Cubs off tomorrow. We'll have somewhat of a maybe an exciting segment. We've been dabbling with the idea of doing something with Ronnie Woo Woo. And that's all I'm going to say because it's not ready yet. But I want you guys to be excited about it because there's the potential of something very funny. And that's cool. But I appreciate you guys sticking around. Keep an eye out for Thursday episode. It'll probably come out later in the afternoon. And then we will be doing a Friday episode of preview for the Friday weekend series coming up here. But Thanks for sticking around. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. And as always, go Cubs.